You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hey guys, I'm so glad you joined us for another episode of Enneagram and Marriage. It's our special marriage mystery episode again, just like we did last year around Memorial Day. I'm so excited to give us a chance to just have some holiday fun and try to solve a little bit of a mystery together as we learn from one of my favorite couples, Dana and Johnny Lawson. And instead of leaving love to just the fates, we are going to take some of the mystery out of how a couple becomes really healthy across time and seasons. And Dana and Johnny are going to help us with that. And of course, I'm going to be giving you some fun clues for those who heard last year. We're doing a similar format where I'm going to be giving you a few clues that you can check out and play on Instagram later if you want to. The contest, if you're listening live, will be going through tomorrow. But if you're listening after Tuesday, May the 31st, 2022, then you are going to hear their types at the end of the episode. So I won't leave you hanging unless you're still within the contest region about what these types are. And I'm so excited that we get to do this together. I love mysteries. I love fun like this. Before we pause in fun, I want to have a little time where we dedicate our thoughts to whether you're from the United States of America or not, uh, just loved ones who have gone and who have sacrificed for us. I know we also had a personal tragedy in this country, and it's a world tragedy whenever we lose people, especially children. So we take a moment to pause for those who are gone from our Texas shooting that we heard about, and also just a pause for those who have died serving others. Thank you. And I know some of you are praying and I am too. And I continue to hope that we will make the world a better place together. I think it's a perfect time to share a brief line from my dad's Memorial Day poem that he wrote one 1980s day that I have saved as I'm now the family historians. I'm going to bring it out just a very tiny verse from it to hopefully bless us as we remember those who have fallen. When you were called, you went to cheery crowds and stony silence. Today, whether you lie unnoticed in some little cemetery or your name adorns a wall, whether you had many epaulets or hardly one, it is your day. This poem remembers you. It is the flower that beckons to you, lonely one. So I just really love to take that moment with you guys to honor those that we all miss and some of them we don't even know and we're just grateful. So let's move together today to honor a couple where the husband and the wife are both doing good service in our world with kiddos and working to keep our community safe. Dana and Johnny Lawson, they are such a wonderful couple. And as I said, you're going to feel and, and I have to give this quick caveat, you're going to feel like their marriage is 
goals. And I, I'm totally serious when I say that they're the awesome law since that's even their nickname. But I have to be honest, they also wanted me to make sure you knew they work really hard and we weren't doing an episode on boundaries or how to work with conflict. This is a time when we are moving into adventures and goal setting was our last month. So we are really in the throes of let's celebrate and celebrate work that has been done well. And let's give some tips for how other couples can get there. So we are giving you tips from a couple who has done their work. And I'm very excited whenever I get to showcase a couple like this. So, so much fun. And then don't forget, we're also doing a fun contest with them. So I'll explain it to you now briefly. As you may know, if you're listening live, our collective, our E&M membership, the founder's pricing ends this Wednesday at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So I wanted to make sure that the contest that we do involves somebody getting a free membership and then two other people are going to get a Supper Sleuths mystery dinner game, which Wes and I write and we produce with another couple. And we also wanted to give a free deep dive because we are reducing mysteries here and we are trying to expose how to have a healthy marriage. So one of you will be joining the collective for free, which is a monthly support group, and you're going to get six free months of that. And then the other two winners are going to get a Supper Sluice mystery dinner game so that you can play one with eight to 20 of your closest family or friends. And then also you're going to get a deep dive. So it's going to be a lot of fun to play that contest. So head on over to Instagram if you're like, I want to win a chance to get into the collective or I want to win a mystery dinner game. And then for those who are just not Instagram people and don't like contests, I totally get it. We have a $5 off coupon for you at suppersleuths.com so that you can still play one of our games. And that is the coupon code is mystery couple. Or if you just want $5 off a glow guide or one of our deep dives or a planner, you can use the code SUMMERGLOW for five off of that. Or you could do both. So make sure you get that. And I'm so excited for you as you are playing with us today with Dana and Johnny. And then last but not least, before we get to them, make sure that if you do just want some extra marriage support, that you are ready for our time together. I am so excited about this June 1st. We're having a Zoom meeting for two hours. I have extra podcasts for this group every single week, an extra 30-minute episode. This membership group also gets a system for how to move through your marriage seasons in a healthy way. So if you just need extra relationship care and you don't want to go full out with coaching, or even if you do, some of my coaches are in the group. We are just so excited to give you coaching support, to give you relationship support. We're excited to get that too. Every relationship needs support. And we are all finding that glow together. So I'm just grateful and excited. So make sure you sign up by June 1st for the founder's rate, because literally it's cheaper than even one of our glow guides for one month. So you could get what you want out of the month and move on, or hopefully stay longer if you like it. So head over to enneagramandmarriage.com if you want more information about the collective and then head over to Instagram if you want to be part of our contest. So I'm going to give you the first clue right now and then invite Dana and Johnny on and I'm going to give you another clue in just a moment. So Dana and Johnny are in a pairing of two withdrawing types. If you know anything about 
the withdrawing types of the Enneagram stances, then that reduces them down to three types. So that's a really good clue. We'll have another clue later. And they're giving things away as they talk too. So make sure you listen extra close and go over to our Instagram, Enneagram and Marriage, and vote for the pairing type that you think they are. Dana and Johnny, thank you so much for coming on the Enneagram and Marriage podcast. That sounds awesome. I'm excited. (laughs) Well, we are just all having so much fun together. We finally decided to press record, right? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh, guys. I already previewed them a little bit, but this is our mystery couple, my friends, Dana and Johnny. And so you guys are going to be figuring out their types with me tonight and or today, whenever you're listening, you guys are also going to be figuring out with us some great marriage tools because this is one of my all time favorite couples. So I'm so honored to have you guys on. Oh, that's uh, an honor for us. Yeah, we're excited. Um, well, let's start out with talking a little bit about how we met. So our audience has a bit of placement. Go ahead and if you remember, and I remember, but I'll let you go ahead. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We remember. So we actually lived in the same neighborhood and we went to a murder mystery dinner at that neighborhood event. And that's where we met Wes and Krista. And uh, had so much fun as characters. I was a, a fair queen and Johnny was a janitor. I, I played a janitor, but I kind of embellished my character a lot <laughs> because I'm decent with yeah. accents. And as a matter of fact, if I remember right, I spoke in an accent like so, like I, I spoke in like a Eastern European accent yeah. that people some thought I was like yeah, Eastern European because <laughs> I didn't break character the whole time but it was it was a blast and I was so impressed I had so much fun that night and was so impressed when I learned that Krista and Wes actually wrote the script for everybody at that night I just was wow yeah we need to be friends with these people yes. they are really cool I felt bad. It was like, am I ad-libbing too much? Because I, I added like... Oh, yeah, because yours was a minor role. And it was, became like a major character. A lot of people thought you did it. So. Anyway, good times. Yeah, and then we've done a couple of murder mystery nights with them that Chris and, Krista and Wes have written. It's been so much fun. Oh, my gosh. You guys are so much fun. And I was one of those people who thought Johnny actually had the accent. And to this day, it's so integrated within me. That I literally about once a year, and this is like going on five years, I always ask him, aren't you Russian? <laughs> He's like, <laughs> 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 So yeah, this is kind of a nice little clue for you guys about him really integrating into the role. Um, if you've ever heard me talk or others about which types do what, but, but anyway, love these guys. And of course, Dana, you dazzled as the beauty queen. And I pretty much always put you in that role. Yes, you did. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I love it. So tell us about, I just love that, that we've had church experiences together. We've had mystery dinner times together. My girls love you, Dana. You're just a great role model. Tell us a little bit about your family and a little bit about what you're up to these days. Sure. So we have two kids, um, a seven-year-old who just finished first grade today And then, yeah, he's not excited about it. Actually, he (laughs) loved school and did not want to want to say goodbye to his friends today. So a lot of play dates are in our future this summer. That's for sure. He's very social. 
And then we have a four-year-old girl who's also very social, but she's definitely more introverted. Um, she likes to tell stories and do her own thing more than our son ever does. <laughs> ever did. Yes. So, that's so cute. Yeah, so a boy and a girl, seven and four, that's our family. Yes, she's, and we asked her, like, hey, Evie, what, what, what story are you telling? And she's like, oh, no, no, these are my stories. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, said, sorry. She said, I can't tell them out loud. They're better in my brain. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, my gosh. Now I'm already theorizing about her type. But anyway, oh, yeah. I digress. Oh, yeah. I would love to talk to you about that. because It's really interesting to see, like, the different personalities of your kids. It really is. Oh my gosh. And she is literally adorable. As everyone knows on Facebook, because your pictures are like the highlight of all of our days. So um, they're just cute. You guys, like every kid is adorable and beautiful and every person is adorable and beautiful, but like yours are just extra. So um, tell about how you guys met, because it's going to be fun for me to even hear some of this again, too, because I have little bits in my mind and our audience will love this too. And it might even give some clues about your types. A great so, story, yeah. yeah. It's like a Hallmark movie almost. Um, it's a testimony for sure because I totally consider it a divine appointment. How we met, she's my birthday present, basically. Oh my gosh, what? Yeah, so my parents were taking me out to eat for my birthday. It was actually just a couple of days before my birthday, but to celebrate my birthday, and I love uh Asian food, so we decided on a Japanese steakhouse. And it's one of the hibachi grills where you sit with strangers. And she was at the table with her family. With my grandparents. With her grandparents. Yeah. And there was literally a light shining over her head. And I, I noticed her immediately. And uh, it was kind of frustrating because she sat all the way across on the other yeah, side of the table. We couldn't really talk to each other. So we would look at each other. And like I had oh. butterflies in my tummy and like oh. look away. And meanwhile... <laughs> So I was there with my grandparents and they were sitting beside his parents. And so his parents were, were bragging on their son and how he was deputy of the year and how he'd been on mission trip and like, <laughs> Ooh, Ooh, he's a Christian. Ooh, he's a hero. Like, yeah, we need to talk. Meanwhile, he's so cute. And we keep like smiling at each other. I'm like, okay, we definitely need to talk. But we didn't really have the chance until later in the dinner when his well, parents I, invited us to stay for birthday cake. Well, I have some more observations that, that made you, Amy, catch my eye. Like she caught my eye immediately. So I'm, a, I'm an observant people. I notice certain details, body language, behavior, that kind of thing. So she comes in, she's sitting with her grandparents and another elderly couple, and she's socializing with them seamlessly. And so, okay, she, she's good across multiple gener generations. So that, that's, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And then uh, the Japanese chef comes and she starts, she speaks Japanese to the chef. It was I'm the like, craziest dinner ever because I'm trying to eavesdrop on this conversation my grandparents are having. I'm trying to speak Japanese to the chef and watch him make volcano out of onions. And then my grandma's friend we were with, bless her, had Alzheimer's. And so she kept asking me about like, my major in college and I kept saying, you know, I've been graduated for five years. And like, it was just a lot going on at once. And then his parents invited us to stay for birthday cake. And my grandma was like, no, we don't need to stay for cake. And I'm like, 
grandma <laughs> we love cake like don't we love cake? like I'm thinking in my head like we cannot go like I have not yeah. had a chance to even talk to this guy like <laughs> so they bring the cake out and we just all start singing happy birthday and I realize as I'm singing the birthday song that I never caught his name and so oh my gosh I guess you realize like, oh, she doesn't know. My I, saw name. The, I saw the look in her eye. Like there was this slight, like her eyes got big, which like, is a, I don't know. a slight she... sign of like internal panic. My name's Johnny. Yeah. So he like whispered across the table, Johnny. <laughs> and I'm like, happy birthday, dear Johnny. Okay. <laughs> and so then the people beside you left. So I got to take my cake over there and was like, happy birthday, Johnny. <laughs> and we've talked every day since. Yeah, we exchanged phone numbers that night. Yeah, we have been literally inseparable. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And how long has that been? 10 years ago. January 15th was 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. And then we're coming up our 10 year wedding anniversary in January. January. So it was a year that we knew each other before we got married. And and you have to understand, like I I was a little bit older. I was about to turn 33 when we met and I was very kind of did not necessarily believe in the whole love at first sight and all this kind of stuff. And I mean, I wanted that internally, but I definitely was too seasoned by life to like jump at that. So when it kind of happened to me, I was in shock. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And I was so picky about what I wanted. And the husband, like I had a whole list of like 25 qualities I was looking for. And I, and I, you know, was 25 and didn't know if I would meet the right guy. In fact, my grandma likes to remind me that I had a conversation with her, like literally three days before I met him of grandma. I don't know if this was ever going to happen for me. Like, yeah, I don't know that I'll ever get married. I'm so picky. And I, I just haven't met him yet. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. So, and neither um, one of us were going to go to that restaurant that oh night. Yeah. We were going to go to an oyster place. We were going to go to a seafood place and you were going to go to some other place with your best friend's spike, family. Yeah, steakhouse. Yeah. And then when they got wow. that, they canceled and your parents said, let's go somewhere special to the Bati grill. Yeah. What? And I was craving the cancellation. Food. So, I mean, what are the chances that we would both be sitting across from each other at that same table, at that same restaurant, on that exact time, that night? Like, that's why I say it's a divine. It's it's, it's so, like, so deeply, like, unique. And I almost, like, I almost feel guilty for how awesome it is because (laughs) it seems so exceedingly rare for that to happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, your his mm-hmm. mom prayed that you yeah. would meet your future wife before your next birthday. That was over the summer. She said she. <laughs> it was two days. And it was before. two days before. Oh and I had prayed too that I would make a friend in Florida because I was actually staying in Florida for a few months as a caregiver to an elderly couple, mm. and thought, oh, this is going to be a long winter if I don't have any friends like yes. my age. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's literally Aaron from The Office. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Yes. Yes. And so I prayed for a Florida friend like that week that I would, yeah, just a few days before I met. Hi, friend. Yeah. And now here's my forever Florida friend. (laughs) 
Well, I'm so glad that I got to hear this again and everyone else is too. We're just beaming with joy for you guys. That is so oh, beautiful. Thank you so much. When God writes wow. your love story, I'm telling you, he's the best author. Hmm. And I mean, just the testimony for those who haven't married yet. And for those who have children and grandchildren, they want to pour into of being patient. I know that yes. I'm going to be sharing about this tonight when the girls come home and just encouraging them. And Jack, who's already lovesick at 10, um, yeah. <laughs> just also sad that summer is days. here because he's like, how am I going to make it through the summer without my crush? I'm like, you're going to see her a couple oh, times. No. Like, it. <laughs> so, oh, so we've got to encourage these people. Just be patient. Um, yeah. So- so do not settle, do not settle for less than God's best for you. Like God, I really am aware of that. So my message is, well, I can't speak to the ladies, but I can speak to the men is you have to make something of yourself. Mm. And I I don't mean that in a harsh or in a callous way. It's very easy to kind of have this romanticized idea of how it's going to happen and you, you locked eyes and all those kinds of stuff that Dana and I had, but I had years of God preparing me and me mm-hmm. putting in the work mm-hmm. to become someone who could care for someone properly, mm-hmm. to have myself both financially and emotionally on the footing where I needed to be before God brought me mm-hmm. my wife. Mm-hmm. So I, I, a lot of times we want to get that cart before the horses because we're we're especially in our culture we're, we're driven by the desire for for pleasure and emotional fulfillment and connection and all these different kinds of things mm-hmm. but if you don't put in the work earlier in your life it's that whole delayed gratification thing right we if you don't have that you're not going to reap the proper reward and the stress that you're going to have and the potential for resentments that build up are much greater if you don't put in the hard work when you're young, preparing yourself for that future relationship. Mm. Thank you for saying that. We have not had that many people giving that clear advice about what to do when you're waiting on the fence. And you both are giving it because you're both saying, I was so picky on the one hand and I was so ready on the other that it was the timing was perfect. And I also liked how you guys said we also waited on God and worked while we waited, which I've been talking with people about lately. Like you don't just sit and wait, you get busy, right? Right. Right. Absolutely. Right. Singleness is a gift too. And you can use that time to be productive and do more than you can once you are married and have a family. It just becomes harder to well juggle all the balls. <laughs> yeah. And having varied interests and skills just make you makes you that much more attractive mm-hmm. to your partner is, you know, you don't want to be one dimensional. That's 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 boring because after you've exhausted that conversation, well, what else are you interested in? What do you want to do? You know, we're not one dimensional creatures we're built to be creative and there's to varying degrees, you know, like standard D uh, what is it? The standard deviation, you know, whatever, everyone's different, but but we have, we can develop Mm -hmm. ourselves. And I I don't mean that in a flippant way. I mean, sometimes it takes years, but it's worth it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. And just calling people to their creativity while they're waiting in that single, single season too. And I know Dana, you went overseas to Japan all by yourself to teach, right? Mm-hmm. During that season. Mm-hmm. Hi, hi. <laughs> yes. 
Yes. Give, give me your little introduction in Japanese that you would say to the kids. It's, okay. it's, it's adorable. I love it. Konnichiwa. Hajime mashite. Watashi wa denu desu. Indiana shukarakimashita. Kuji no shimai toshi desu. Sukina dobutsu wa iruka desu. Sukina tabumono wa aisukubu desu. My favorite food is ice cream. <laughs> in fact, oh, in fact, I told people that before I went to Japan, I said, don't worry about me in Japan. I know how to ask for ice cream. And so <laughs> in Japanese, that's really all I really knew before I went over there. I could say I was hungry and ask for ice cream. I said, I'll be fine. Don't worry. That's a, not yeah. a bad food. I remember taking Bradley birthing classes and they're like, if you're having a craving, at least it has some protein and, and some carbs and it's kind of got a few different categories. So I love that. And I love that you just spoke for us and I'm hoping somebody out there is listening from Japan. Even you never know. Yes. So it's so like, let's be friends. I need, I need some more practice and Japanese friends in my life. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. And I also want to say you guys already gave a great tip for marriage because you told us be patient. What are a couple tips inside of marriage for those who are married, who want to have that glow that you guys have, which is so clear to me and really why I asked you onto this fun Memorial day episode. Cause I knew every Memorial day, I like to try to have a mystery couple who is really just, I mean, they're just happy together and it does not mean perfect, but give us a couple tips if you don't mind. For me, it's mindset. And what I mean by that is consistently having the mindset of believing the best about the other person. Because mm. conflict is going to come because you, you're two separate individuals and maybe you have different ideas about how to do something. And as long as you have the mindset, this other person, I'm going to believe the best about them. Mm. I'm going to check my ego at the door. Mm-hmm. and come at it from a calm, practical, problem-solving um, framework when I'm entering into a disagreement as opposed to I'm going to be right, you right. know, and... Or even emotional, like... Right. Yeah, he's very good at conflict resolution. In fact, when we first met, that was on your Facebook. It said you're a conflict resolution <laughs> Still says <specialist>. that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. And so that has helped a lot. Like he can like calm me down if I start to get a little emotional because, you know, women, we're more emotional. It's hard to like separate, at least for me to separate my emotion Mm -hmm. out of like the fact of an issue. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, But he's very good at, at just talking it out and not letting his emotions take over. And I like how you just distinguish for our audience. Don't get lost in um, her emotionality. Understand that she's a female and that we have a four week cycle that is different every week. And it's like literally spring, summer, fall, winter. I did that wrong, but you know what I mean? It's real. Well, actually I did. Yeah, I did it right. (laughs) Um, You're the teacher, Dana. So you had it right. You knew. Um, So I really want to say though, that that's not a clue for her type. That's a great example of her being female. And, um, Johnny, maybe your temperament being male is a bit more even through the month. Like a lot of men feel because they're not having quite the same fluctuation. I, I, when I was younger, I was very hot blooded. Oh, oh yeah. I, I would definitely get highly emotional. Mm. Um, but that had to be trained out of me. And, you know, when you work in the field that I work in, high levels of emotion 
you will not be successful if you're operating under stress with high levels of emotion. It's particularly damaging to, to the male brain to try to think logically when you're having high levels of, of emotion. You actually, it's why women tend to win arguments mm. when both people are emotional. Ladies are just better at thinking linguistically when they have higher levels of, of emotion than men do. That's mm. why a man needs to calm down. And it's why other men uh, look at each other and say, you're getting emotional. We can't have this discussion anymore. Mm. You'll notice that because the part, part of our brain that deals with reason and logic starts to shut down mm. when we feel higher levels of emotion. So as I can't speak to the ladies, but I, as a man, you have to step back and compartmentalize, take that emotion. If you said, hey, I'm going to deal with that feeling in a little bit, mm-hmm. come back and I have to think just about the facts mm-hmm. and try to, f- to see where this other person's coming from and, mm-hmm. and, and look at that from their point of view. And I'm going to feel the emotions later. But just taking that time and that step back, man, it's, it's a great tool. Mm, that is a great tip for the guys and any woman who feels like she's caught in that cycle too could try that. But what you're saying is male brain differences. And in your field, you have to know this. Uh, it's yeah. really important. Um, and you can tell our audience what you do if you like to. Yeah. I've, I've been in law enforcement for 15 years now. Mm-hmm. So it'll actually be 15 no. years in November. Mm. Um, so you see some horrific things and just, um, you have to compartmentalize your brain because that the part of the brain that wants to be emotional and deal with the horror and just, just the awfulness and, and evil. I mean, you mm. see real evil. So mm. you, you have to be able to say, Hey, I have a job to do or justice doesn't get served. Mm. You know, the victims, you know, don't, their voice doesn't get heard properly. Mm-hmm. If you don't compartmentalize and say, okay, I have, I have a job to do. I'll go home and tonight I'll, I'll deal with this. I'll vent, I'll call a buddy on my squad or whatever, and we can talk about it. Anyone who's been in the military or in law enforcement or a first responder, Mm -hmm. ER person, uh, whether a nurse or a doctor who sees consistent trauma, you're going to be, you're going to be wired a little different. So whatever your, your natural temperament or or personality might be, it's going to be altered when you're someone who works those particular kinds of jobs. And I remember the first few years on the job, all of a sudden not being able to relate to any of my friends. Mm. It was, it was a really very different, uh, it took, it takes some adjustment and then you can fall into the trap of having friends that are only in your field. Mm. And then that limits the scope of, of your human experience. So you have to be intentional about making friends who are outside of what you normally do to maintain that connection with humanity and not lose your, lose your soul and have this idea, well, everyone's awful. When in truth is 98% of the population are great. And so only the 2% that are really bad you deal with all the time. Mm, yeah. And there's so many broken pieces there that you can't solve them all right then. Even if you came into the field because you care about people and you want to reform, you have to be able to say right now, I have this job to do later today, decompress coming back to humanity in your soul. And I hope those listening, I've worked with a lot of clients in healthcare and other fields who say, this is how this slippery slope of 
the affair or the trauma Mm -hmm. happened in my life because I separated that out. So I'm really happy to hear you welcoming our, um, especially our youngest listeners to take care of their emotional health. If they're in a high stress crisis management field. Um, and Dana, I love that how you said you knew that he was good at this. And that was one reason why he was, um, yeah. And I love that you were able to be there for him as a listener. It sounds like that might even be with, with I'm not sure if I'm inferring that, but are you a pretty good yeah. listener when he has stress? Yeah. I just let him, you know, tell me about his day as much or as little as he wants to. And then I know it's important for him to have just some time alone is um, where he can, what is the word? Debrief. <laughs> De- well, like, decompress. decompress yeah. That's, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. yeah. decompress um that's important for you so just knowing like what each other needs I think is important and I think what's hard is I I want to share but I don't want to get too into the details you want to bring me down I don't want to bring her down so it's just like I'll say something I had a bad day this is the basic outline of it Mm -hmm. and and I don't want to tell you any more Mm-hmm. Which I appreciate because I it probably would like mm-hmm. bring me down. No, I can't really watch the news too much, or I just get yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a second clue about your type. Yeah. Okay. There's a positivity type. <laughs> yes. Yes. I don't want to hear about all this negative and drama, and I, I don't like it. Yeah, that's why. That, that's why we got to know each other, and we'll be like, okay, I, I, I I'll understand Mia and what I'm going through and, and as, out of respect and courtesy. So what's up with Johnny? What's going on with him? I don't want her to have to guess. That's not fair to her. So. Mm, yeah. And I like how she leans in for a little while. She doesn't just say I can't handle anything, but you guys have a way to process that together. And sometimes you might tease or say it in a way that means business, but either way you're communicating and you're communicating Mm -hmm. with respect overall. And I like how you said being positive together, thinking the best it's literally, I've been sharing that with this audience for a while. So they're like, Oh my gosh, to see a couple saying they use it. It's very confirming for everybody. You also talked about love languages. Do you think that's one of your tips for people is something in that line? Cause I noticed you guys have the same ones. Yes. Yeah. We told you that before recording that we have the same love language. So that helps, I think, a lot in our marriage. Um, Both of us are words of affirmation and touch. And so, yeah, it makes it so that, you know, I would say for people who don't have the same love language, like find out what your spouse's love language is so that you can love them that way that they most are receptive to. Mm. That makes a big difference. And, And we talked about what our languages were love languages were before we were ever married or even engaged. So it was something that like, you should probably, you know, consider if you're in a situation where, you know, you're in the courting stage Mm -hmm. and really find that out because being on the same page with that and being understood is just Mm -hmm. massive. I don't think you can put a price tag on that. And not that if you don't have the same love languages, you can't be understood, but you just might have to work a little harder at it because your natural go-to to let someone know how much you care about them. If it's not received in the spirit, it's given mm-hmm. in that, that could be frustrating. You're just going to have to work a little harder to make sure that person knows they're loved. Mm. 
That's a really good point for those courting. And even for those married, I want to encourage you guys that I think about 80% of people are married to people that they don't share the same love language with from what I can tell. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's two things. One of it is like you said, really being patient and obviously believing God's hand has been upon this. Um, but I also think that God's hand's been upon the other 80%, but they've had a different road and that their marriage has been more of a, I don't want to say more of a ministry because yours is too, but I want to say that the marriage is a ministry in your case, because you get to be an oasis for one another. You get to support mm. one another and go deep together. And I think that the marriage that they're having is more of a, um, you are my ministry because you're tough. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking about that actually earlier, how that's so important for both of us that our home be like kind of sanctuary from this crazy world. Like that's so important to both of us. You know, that I like how you said that, that we are each other's oasis. Like I've always felt like Johnny is my safe place. Like I can tell him anything I can, like he gets me like, and I want to be that for him too. Like that we are each other's safe place. That is so important to me. It's, it's amazing to have confidence that, that sense of, you know, I, I can lay anything down on her and she's going to be like, yeah, I got you. I've got your back. We're in this together. And, you know, there's, there's, there's real evil out there. And to have someone who you come home and there's just, there's, there's, there's love. And I'm not saying like the oozy gooey, just like, (laughs) Oh, you're the greatest. I'm like, but, um, but this, this, this real pragmatic, just earthy, I got you. I got your back. We're in this together. Mm-hmm. You know, that you, it's awesome. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. And I see it with you guys. And I know it's everyone is literally hashtagging Dana and Johnny goals, <laughs> <laughs> but truly, I mean, you guys are goals and that's what I want our listeners to feel is this is what we've been talking about. And I have a couple in the flesh to show you that it's real so that you can have not just an ideal, but a practice, like you said, it's earthy, it's practical. It's being positive toward one another. It's saying, I've got your back. I know you have the best intentions, even if you're not perfect. Like these are Mm -hmm. really important things that are working for you guys, because we always say on this podcast, our goal is for the marriage to be a sanctuary in an oasis, just like you're experiencing. So it's nice to hear you guys say, yes, we're doing this and it's happening and that we had to learn it and become patient and really do some of our Mm. personal work before we could get there. What other tips do you feel like it's important for couples to know if there's just anything else that you're like, I really want to make sure people know that. Yeah. For me, like, um, having some levity, like some playfulness in the marriage too. Like I kind of feel like that's my role sometimes, like with all the heavy stuff that you deal with. No, and she's also and, that. Well, I'm just a fun loving, I'm just a fun loving person anyway. So like we have fun together and that's important too, like mm-hmm. to just be able to laugh together and just enjoy each other's company and sense of humor. So <laughs> she's got a great adventurous spirit. I think that's what's great. And it kind of pulls me out of my malaise sometimes is, and I have to be careful because um, sometimes I just don't want to be around other humans. (laughs) And she's like, no, you got to get out there, be around good people. Let's have fun. Let's meet up with this other couple. 
Mm-hmm. And I, I like other people. Sometimes I just don't want to be around them. Right. Yeah. You need your decompression time. <laughs> but, she, but sometimes I can overdo it and just want to be like in isolate. the back cave and isolate. And she's like, no, Johnny, you, it's important for you to get out, socialize in a healthy way. And, and this, this reminder of have fun, go, go, let's do this. And she's awesome at that. Yeah. She's really awesome socially. I mean, it, like that's a huge gift of yours, Dana. Oh, uh, thank you. I love people. <laughs> I like to talk. <laughs> <laughs> you do. Oh, and we love out. to hear you and you're also uh, a great singer and we've oh, had fun you. around our piano before just listening to you sing and <laughs> play. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It's fun. I just like to be, yeah, I'm more extroverted. Like I get energy around people and I just, you know, love to hear people's stories too. That's fun for me. (laughs) That's a great combination to have somebody who's able to chat and able to listen. And that's you. And what would you guys say if you had any tips and I didn't, this is not scripted, so it's okay if you don't have much for this, but just because you're doing so well as a couple and uh, I know you take care of yourselves individually. Do you have anything you would tell our audience before we go about just how to take care of themselves with self-care? Either of you or both of you are welcome to share here. Yeah. Um, the reason for self, the why is important. Mm-hmm. Do not think you're selfish for taking care of yourself. Uh, you know, like in, in law enforcement, they say you have to be squared away yourself. Otherwise you're of no use to anyone else. Mm-hmm. So the, the motivation of self-care, if you're someone who's maybe bent toward people pleasing um, or you feel guilt because, you know, you, you feel like you have to take care of yourself. Oh, I feel guilty. You know, I didn't spend enough time with people, but I need to go to the gym or, or, you know, whatever that it is that you might be feeling guilt over realize if you are healthy and strong and mentally stable, then you become this alpha provider for everyone that you come in contact with where they feel peace they feel a sense of confidence in you that you can help take care of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's huge. That's really, really important. And uh, for both men and women, if you're a mom and you're out there and you haven't had the proper amount of time to, to, to re-energize and refuel, whatever, whatever that's an interview, introvert view or an extrovert view Mm -hmm. do what you need to do because those little people and your extended family a lot of times that mom that's the rock you you've got so many people depending on you so don't feel bad Mm -hmm. making sure your headspace is is good don't feel bad about that guys likewise if you feel the world is at war with you it's because it is (laughs) it is so if you need to take but you just have to communicate me and Dana communicate. I'm like, okay, hey, what do you need? You need a girls' night out. You need to go hang with friends, energize, get your headspace right. Cool, fine. She'd be like, hey, Johnny, you need to be alone tonight. <laughs> I'm like, like, you need to go like yeah. in a cave and just like like read a quiet book. I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. And hmm. we we try to do that for each other. Wow, that's beautiful. Not only self care, but showing how you can tag team in marriage, even with little kids. Which I think that people sometimes miss that whole you can do it with little kids. Um, so Dana, do you have anything you want to add to that before we end? Yeah. I was just thinking about how I've heard before the analogy of when you're on an airplane and they tell you to put your own mask on before you can Mm. put a mask on another person to help them like take care of yourself. Like 
Yeah. I mean, it's not selfish. Like you're no good to anyone else if you're not taking care of yourself. So um, yeah, that's important. And that looks different for every person, what self-care is, but you know, only you know you the best and you know what yeah. you need to do to be in the right headspace. And that goes back to communicating and thinking the best so that when mm-hmm. Dana is doing those things to, to make sure she's squared away, yeah. you can't be like, oh, she's just taking care. Like, no, you, you, you can't have that mindset. You have to be like, no, it's important for her to take care of her. Mm-hmm. And she's likewise, likewise gives me that same leeway also. Mm-hmm. And as long as there's that communication going on with trust, I feel like you're golden. Mm-hmm. I think so too, you guys, this has been incredible. I am seriously excited about this episode. I know it's blessing people right now. So thank you so very much for your time today. And I just, wow. We're just, yeah. So thankful for Aww. both of your service <laughs> in the world and your glow out there. You are a great host. Oh, yeah. I'm so glad. Yay. Well, have a wonderful night. You guys. Uh, Thank you so much. Thank you. Cheers. I hope you had just as wonderful of a time as I did on the pod with Dana and Johnny Awesome Lawsons. So make sure you check out our Instagram for the contest. If you want to get extra support and care for your marriage, do not miss out on the collective. I've really made sure that it's worth the time together. I would not want anything less for you. And I'm really excited to share and to pour in about the research and also the experiential with you in terms of how we can get our glow on better together and be in the number of those couples who actually increase in marriage joy and passion as they go longer. And and yet the cool thing is you don't have to carry on those obsessive new relationship qualities either. So we're going to talk all about that in our first meeting this June 1st, 2022. If you're catching this episode later, make sure you check out enneagramandmarriage.com either way to see what we're up to and the show notes, of course, as well. Here's one more clue for those who have loyally stuck around as to Dana and John Johnny's types. Johnny is not in the head triad, so he's not a five, six, or seven. And Dana's not a one. Well, guys, if you caught this episode later, you know what I promised. I said I would tell you what Dana and Johnny's types were. So here you go. Okay, pause if you need a moment's reflection just to think about it. And I'm going to tell you now, they are the four, nine, wonderful couple. And that's wonder dash F-U-L-L because a four and a nine together are two withdrawing types. Johnny is the four, Dana is the nine, and Johnny really listens to Dana and makes her nine voice feel heard. You heard me say that in the episode. And then Johnny also mentioned a lot of creativity and uniqueness about their love that you probably also heard. And even though some people think that fours are always artists in the fine arts, a lot of people don't realize that fours can be artists in the ways that they orate or in their rhetoric or in their idealistic thinking. And it's a wonderful thing to see fours have a lot of different iterations in the world too, not just as a fine artist. So that might've thrown a few of you off. Plus there's not as many seemingly 
for males out there. But I hope that you had fun playing this to those of you who are like, I had it, I knew it, aha, great sleuthing. You can also go back and listen for clues that will make more sense, I promise, as you know their types. And of course, it's hard to tell people's deepest core motivations, even if you didn't feel like you saw that, because people know what their greatest angst and fears and concerns are more than we do as listeners, believe it or not. So I hope you had fun playing this with us. So much fun to do life with you guys. We have to really work together to make it a unique and creative time. You know that's my four and my tri-type speaking, but I also love to bring the depth with you and the real time so that we can really learn important tools. So I hope you learned those with us today. So grateful for you. Love doing life with you guys intentionally. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as anyagramandmarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.